Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Meir, founder of Meir Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. And I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. Today, we're talking about employee retention credits. Yeah, this is an update. An update. And this. you've if you're a business owner, you've probably gotten oh, gosh. a text message, an, an email, a letter in the mail. Yeah. Phone call. I got. I have a voice. Wolf, a whole. You remember from the office? <laughs> all, is it a wolf or I'm a like bark? The only person's never watched The Office. Oh my god! Yeah, that's a whole other podcast episode. Yeah. All right. Well, for those of you, you know, you know. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say. I. I think if I. I'm looking around for my phone. I don't see it. But if I pull my phone out, I have three voicemails right now. With, you know, just hey, this is you know Jeff. From Tax Credit Solutions, just following up on that $26,000 per employee you're owed. Yeah. You know, so what I want to do today is kind of unpack it again. Well, we we did the basics on it. I'm looking at this. This was in November of 2021. We'll kind of go back over it, tell you what we're seeing now because these they're starting to get audited, these claims. Walk through the basics again, give you some understanding, and also give you some things to think about when people are approaching you. Mm-hmm. Making claims saying you qualify because what I, in the the CPA world, the big issue right now is a lot of CPAs are just getting fed up with what they're calling these ERC mills. They're literally like these companies that are just sprung up because they see a huge opportunity to because um, their credit their their fee is based on the credit. So CPAs can't do. We can't charge a contingent fee. We can charge a value fee, but we can't say. I'm going to charge you 15% of the tax credit. Like we can't charge a fee as a gotcha. percentage. It's of almost ta- like, am I understanding? Like it'd be like if a law, like how lawyers sometimes get paid yep. based on like the, the case right. winning, not what you would call it. Yeah. Uh, the, like getting a judgment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so if the, the client gets a million dollars in a legal case, the attorney gets a paid a percentage of that right. versus just charging a, a standard professional Correct. services rate. Right. Like we can't so CPAs can't do that. We can't charge a percent we can't charge a fee contingent on a tax outcome. Because the thinking is the tax outcome is fixed. Like yeah. you're entitled to these gotcha. credits whether I file it or not. Right. And so now like you know we we charge kind of a value fee based on the, the amount of work to do and all that. But we don't we don't tie it to the the credit. And I'm only saying that to say these credit Companies are coming out because they're like, shoot, we can see people that get a million dollar credit. We charge them twenty percent. The business owner is like, win win. I was never going to get this million bucks. I'll give you two hundred grand. Sure. And they they really tout that you qualify. That's the first kind of thing I would say is if you're getting these letters. I've seen letters that like look they spoof an IRS letter. And it's like yeah. you're entitled to twenty six thousand. We'll talk about what the twenty six thousand mean or the voicemail I just referenced. Um, they pop up, they file these claims for you, and they make all kind of disclaimers about what they will and won't do. And most of them is we won't defend you in an audit. Mm-hmm. We won't really support you. And you don't even know if this company is going to be around. So it's becoming like this big deal. And then so then I think what's happening, too, is you go the other way. It's getting people that probably really legitimately qualify that are probably scared and may not qualify. So what I want to walk through is break through the noise a little bit about all these ERC mills coming at you saying you qualify. And the spoiler is a lot of people don't qualify. But then also tell you how to do it legally, ethically, and professionally and get the claim you're entitled to. Okay. Legally, ethically, and professionally. I know. I like just that. that. I know. Beautiful. Didn't that roll off the tongue? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So let's talk how you qualify for the credit. Okay. okay. Two ways. One, 
is you had a government, a suspension of your operations. And the way I was reading here is the, the article in the tax advisor. It's a two-part test. It's it's You must establish that you're, you were shut down pursuant to a government order in effect, like literally federal government, state government, like the perfect example is the restaurant. You can't have in-house business. You can only do takeout. Right. And that order has a more than nominal, more than nominal impact on business operations, either due to suspending them or requiring modifications. Okay. Bunch of words there all to say, this is the area that the ERC mills are going after the highly subjective, um, shutdown areas, which is subject to interpretation Beware, I would say buyer beware here because it's a two pronged government order in effect and more than nominal shutdown. I'm not going to get into that so much to say if somebody comes at you and your CPA has said, I don't think you qualify, and they're claiming you do on this criteria, I would pause. That's the, I would say that's one of the takeaways. If they're saying, you know, oh, you had a cargo container. Outside of LA, remember that when the, right. when the that that right. was a suspend and people are claiming that that was a suspension of your business. Well, does that also meet the government order in effect? Like you got to think through these things that people are taking really hard to defend positions to qualify you for the credit because that's the that's the more subjective one, the one I think is more fraught with error, quite honestly, and where you can get in a lot of trouble. Okay. The second criteria is what they call a significant drop in revenue. I don't think that's the exact term, but basically what you do is you compare your quarterly revenue, and revenue is defined most what most people would think is revenue, but there's things like interest income and gains on sale of assets and all that that gets thrown in there. You compare your income on a quarterly basis in 2020 to 2019, so first quarter of 2020 to first quarter of 2019, or First quarter of 2021 to the first quarter of 2019, so on and so forth. So always referencing to the quarter in 2019, your revenue had to drop. In 2020, it had to drop 50% or more. So hard to hard to meet that. Yeah. In 2021, it had to drop 20% or more. Again, relative to the same quarter in 2019. Okay, so you can start to see where there are some businesses that could have had a 20, 30, you know, 20 to 30, 40% revenue drop in 2021, mm-hmm. but maybe not meet the 50%. Okay, so that's the criteria to, to qualify under that revenue drop. All right, take it a step further. Where are they getting the 26000 Okay, the 26000 is a combination of two things. One, it's the $5,000 maximum credit you could get per employee in 2020, and $7,000 per per quarter in 2021 for three quarters. So that'd be 21,000 in 2021 maximum. 5,000 maximum for the year in 2020 totals 26,000. Okay. Follow? Follow. Got it. Okay. So let's unpack it a little bit. Put some numbers to it. It's always the best example. Let's just say, and then, you know, you might ask the question, why not fourth quarter of 2021? Well, the answer is by law, they just ended the program. They said, there's a, there is a, a caveat for what's called a, uh, what is it called? Recovery startup business, third and fourth quarter of 2021. If you if you weren't in business and you started a new business, you can take up the 50 grand in this credit for four, third and fourth quarter. So that's that's an interesting side note. Not a lot of cl- not a lot of clients or taxpayers realize that. But if you had a new business, you didn't ha- you couldn't meet the revenue drop. You didn't have a 19 revenue. Right. You can do what's called a recovery startup business. I think it's if you started your business after February 15th of 2020. I need to, I need to check on that, but that's essentially, I think that's the date. All right. 
let's say 2020 second quarter, you did 60,000, let's say $40,000 of revenue. And in 2019 second quarter, you did $100,000. You would have had a $60,000 drop. That's and that as a percentage of 2019 is 60%. So you would qualify. Here's a quick thing to remember when you're thinking through the revenue drop. If you qualify in one quarter, you automatically qualify for the next. But it's two different ways you qualify, but then I'll go through that. So in 2020, the law reads, you get the credit for the first quarter, the revenue drops 50% compared to the prior year. And then the quarter, and then you end it on the quarter following the month your revenue returns back to 80% of what it was. Okay. So already you can see it's if you get one quarter, you automatically get the next, even if your revenue went up because it's the 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 quarter following the 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 quarter your revenue went up to 80% of what it was. Okay. So all that to say. In 2020, you're going to get two quarters. If you meet one, you get the next one. Point, end of story. 2021 has a different rule, but allows you to do, it in effect, the same thing. So 2021, again, you have to have a 20% revenue drop. Okay, so let's put some numbers to it again. 20, you know, 2019 second quarter, again, 100 grand in revenue. Let's say 2021 revenue, second quarter, 70000 That's a $30,000 drop, 30% revenue drop. You qualify. Okay. Now, you automatically qualify for quarter three based on this rule. There's a rule that says you can use an alternative quarter to determine if you qualify. So in the third quarter, you could just say, well, did I qualify in the second quarter? Mm -hmm. Yes. So in effect, you always get subsequent quarters. Different rules in 2020 and 21, but the same effect. So it's really kind of taxpayer friendly. If you ever think if you qualify in any quarter of 2020, you get automatically get the next. Same thing in 2021. Okay. All right, that's qualification. Now we get into the how is a credit claimed. The credit is in 2020, it's a maximum of $10,000 of wages at a 50% credit level. So $5,000, that's how you're getting it. Before, and yep. I should have jumped in a minute earlier. Um, so you mentioned there was two ways to kind of like qualify right. – and there was some discrepancies on those. And so the as far as the the second the the math part, right. that should be pretty black and white, right? Math part is black and white no matter what method you use to qualify. Okay. Yeah. So you had the shutdown, like government said you had to shut down and it was more than nominal. Yeah. So wages paid during that period qualify. Right. That's black and white. Black. How you file Well, that's that's subjective. The 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 credit is black and white, as I think is what you're pointing to. Okay. Then the revenue drop is just a way to qualify you. But then then if once you qualify, you're in the same boat no matter what method you got to qualify. Okay. Only difference being under the suspension method, you only can claim wages during the period you were actually suspended, like shut down. Okay. Under the revenue drop, you get all of the wages for the quarter you qualify. And like okay. I told you, in 2020 and 2021, if you get one quarter, you always get the next. Okay. So you're talking about the wages you pay during the qualifying quarters. Okay. Okay. All right. 2020, doesn't matter what quarter. It matters what quarter you qualify, but my point is – you get five, you get ten thousand dollars per employee for the whole year, so if you qualify for second and third quarter, if you pay that person ten thousand bucks in the second quarter, that's the most you're going to get. Twenty twenty one, it's ten thousand dollars per quarter per employee, and it's a seventy percent credit rate. 
$10,000 per quarter, 70%, that's $7,000. So once somebody gets to $10,000 of wages in a quarter, that you maxed out and you get that every quarter. So it, it, in just kind of a takeaway, the credit's much easier to get in 2021 and it's much more lucrative. Okay. Okay. So let's drop back a little bit and just talk quickly about tax credits. You've you've made this, you've said this before, and I think it's a great, it's a good analogy. A tax credit's like a gift card, right? It's like if your tax, if your total tax was ten thousand dollars, and I gave you a ten thousand dollar credit, your tax now is zero, right? Versus if I gave you a ten thousand dollar deduction, your tax only goes down by the tax rate you pay on the ten thousand or save. So if you're in a 25% tax rate and you get a $10,000 deduction, your taxes just went down 2500 bucks. Gotcha. So credit's way more lucrative, advantageous, whatever word you want to say. Tax credit's way better, right? It's like yeah. money back in your pocket. And in effect, the employee retention credits, you literally get a check. Like if you had a claim for 120 like I have a client, they have a $2.3 million claim. Like they're going to get, it's for multiple quarters, but let's just say they send it in one check. They're going to get a $2.3 million check plus interest. Like, literally, I've seen the checks. It's crazy. Wow. Um, so that credit is ultimately, normally a credit's not taxable income, but in the, in, the, in the employee retention credit, it's taxable. So if you make the claim for 2021, you have to go back and amend your, if you claimed it for your business, your business tax return, and then if it flowed through personally, ultimately to your personal tax return. And the way you do that is you go back and you reduce your wages by the amount of the credit. It's, it, it, it's either income or a reduction. It's the same thing, right? You could either say you have more income or you have less expenses. That is the same result. Because that's okay. the way they tax you on it. So another thing we see is people like saying... They didn't know they had to amend. The, the ERC company comes and says, hey, you're getting $150,000. you are like, great. You have to amend your tax return and claim it as taxable income. So it takes a little bit of bloom off the rose to mm-hmm. a certain extent, right? I mean, obviously, still, if your tax rate's, you know, 30, if you pay a third, yeah. still, you know, 50 grand on 150, you're still getting 100 grand net. Yeah. But just beware, you have to amend your tax return for the year the credit relates to, not when you get the money. That's mm-hmm. another thing. People are like, well, what if I don't have the money yet? I was in a continuing education other day. Technically, you're supposed to amend at the time you make the claim. Now, practically, I think that's debatable. So I'm not telling you, I'm not giving you tax advice here, yeah. but I'd be hard-pressed to amend the tax return without the money in my hand. Because think oh, of I see. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if, okay. like let's just say like 2021, everybody for the most part has done their 2021 tax returns. So let's say, say you go back and file employee retention credit and you get a $50,000 claim. Do you want to go back and amend 2021? Again, I'm not telling you not to. You're supposed to. But practically speaking, do you want to go back and amend 2021 until you know you're getting the 50? Like you have it in your hands? To that end, like do you know – like is there a delay between like knowing you're getting it (laughs) and then it showing up in the mail? I mean I'm just Uh, thinking you just described a $2 million check. Yep. I mean that's – and for that client, we did it. We we were we we already included it in, in their income because we literally were filing the tax return. I thought it was the pri- I thought it was the right thing to do. To answer your question, no, you don't know. The IRS is so. Well, first of all, you paper file these claims. I hadn't said that yet. You file an amended payroll tax return, a nine forty one X. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and you you make it's a payroll tax credit. So you don't know. You literally get a letter in the mail that says, we've adjusted your payroll tax returns, 
and you're, you're due a credit. And that's when you're like, oh, I'm getting the money. And then literally a week later, it's like a week, 10 days, you get the money. But until you get that letter, I've had clients it takes six months. I've had clients it takes nine months. I've had clients it takes infinity, I guess is the point out, because we yeah. don't know yet. We filed these. I have one client we filed for 900 grand. They got paid 350 waiting on them. They're asking me, hey, where's the money? I said, look, man, I told you when we did this, you can't get them on the phone. It's hard to tell when you're getting it. So, jeez. Yeah. So let's kind of recap. You got the two ways to qualify either a suspension of operations um, or a revenue drop. Key here on the revenue drop, just so people leave kind of understanding, you have to use the same method of accounting for the revenue drop as you use for your tax return. Now, most people, their cash, their cash businesses, what I mean by that is, People record their revenue when they collect it. Mm-hmm. That's how most people file their tax return. Yeah. It's called cash basis. The other method is a cruel method, which is you record income as you earn it, meaning as you bill people, whether right. you've paid they've paid it or not, it's income. Yeah. So just be thinking that that's if the you method. Ever read you have to accounting use. for dummies, you'll get the hang of it real quick. You've it's read like that, cha- right? it's chapter one. That's <laughs> as far as I got. You did read accounting for dummies. Well, yeah. uh, you said part this is the time of year when I usually get real ambitious about <laughs> about accounting. Just, I'm is like, this when we this tell the story the about you walking to the office barefoot from three miles away? Is this what we talked about? Is that yeah. is that did that come? There's probably. a backstory to that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's the time of year we're all making new goals, new, you know, getting ready for the new year. For you, it was yeah. to be a more informed accountant mm-hmm. or to be an accountant. Yeah. And, and just, look, here I am. And here you are. Co-hosting no. a podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, just you got to amend the returns. You got to pick it up as income. You got to know what method to go under. And then let's just go a little further here. and I'll give you some nuances because you're not going to be following the credit, but you at least need to know about this. If you got a PPP loan, it even further kind of makes this muddy. So a PPP loan, when you when you file for PPP loan forgiveness, you have to report to them wages that you said you paid. And that's the genesis of the, the forgiveness, right? They gave you a loan to pay people's payroll and other expenses are included, but let's use payroll for this. You had to say, hey, I used that you gave me a hundred thousand dollar loan, I paid a hundred thousand dollars of wages, forgive the loan, we're all good. Okay. If you did that, which most people did, you cannot take those same wages for the employee retention credit. You can't use them for both. So you have to really understand PPP law and employee retention credit law because you have to you have to straddle using wages for one or the other to get the most benefit, knowing that you've already used some for the PPP. So, like, you got to know how to work that system, essentially. I'm making it sound like more sinister than this. You got to know the law. Yeah. Like, you have to know, well, I could, because that person is an owner, I could only use a maximum of X for their PPP. Therefore, the remainder can be used for ERC. But if you don't know the PPP law, you don't know how to do that allocation. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could be way overstating it. And so that's my point where I led at the beginning to say was there's a very – a professional way to do this that you're totally qualified for the claim, but you got to know how to allocate between the two, and that's where that knowledge of the law comes in. Yeah. All right. What's the bad? You mentioned earlier there's some <laughs> bad things that happen. Let, let's let's finish it off with yeah. just scare us, man. I mean, I, what, look. Well, I would say this. Obvious. Go ahead. You're, I'll yeah, I was just thinking. You know, like. The mills, right? All these mills are popping up where, and it's probably because, like you said, they can 
they can now make an offer a lot of people won't refuse, you know. Yeah. Um, but also I'm thinking they don't have to deal with the the repercussions, right. you know. I know if you guys – am I getting it right that, like, there's a certain, like, reputation your firm has with an audit that's going to, like – do, do they keep track of like, man, okay. I don't know that overtly, but I would think if, look, first of all, the background is the IRS that audit many people that don't have the manpower. But if you can, but if you would use your common sense, if you were an auditor in an area, wouldn't you audit returns by firms that you see doing shady things? Yeah. Yes. But yes, I have an ethical standard. Our firm does. We're CPAs. We're licensed. I have an ethical responsibility. Like, I want to do it right. First yeah. of all, that's how I want to practice anyway. Sure. But a lot of these ERC mills, I don't, I can't speak for all of them, but they are coming out and blatantly saying people qualify when their CPA told them they didn't. They are, they, they, you want somebody there to defend you in an audit, to represent you. They may not be around. And the point, so you asked me, what's the bad news? The bad news is when you file a tax return, you as the taxpayer and sign that, you're liable for it. Now, the CPA or tax preparer can get in trouble, too. There's paid preparer penalties. But ultimately, the responsibility is on you as the taxpayer when you file your tax return. So tread lightly. If it sounds too good to be true, it might be. Ask somebody. Get a second mm-hmm. opinion. That's, the, you know, in regards to audits, I was on a continuing education webinar the other day. The guys that were doing it from a big national CPA firm were saying, look, we're starting to see some audits. Here's what they're asking for. They want backup of how you determine that your revenue dropped. Like literally, show me your financial statements. Show me your general ledger detail, which is essentially an export of all your accounting data. Show us how. Show us you didn't take revenue in one quarter on, you know, on March 30th and move it to April 3rd. Show us. Because again, in the tax world, people got to remember, the burden of proof is always on the taxpayer. It's not that the IRS has to say, you know, we need to prove you didn't, you aren't, you aren't allowed to claim. No, it's you have to prove you are allowed to claim. Show us how you meet the revenue drop. Show us how you allocated wages for 200 employees between ERC and PPP. Show us. That's the feedback we're getting from practitioners that are going through audits. So I feel confident in the ones we filed because we did the work. Yeah. We have the we have the spreadsheets. We can show where we allocated. We did clear calculations of the revenue drop. The clients met it. We didn't move things around. We didn't do anything. Yeah. So just be ready to prove if as long as you can prove it, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, like that would be like I mean, that's sounds like any audit, right? Right. I mean I to think, a certain degree. I yeah. mean that's why you have accounting a ledger and a software and all that information because if you ever did get audited it's all there yeah you got to be able to go back and prove what you've done yeah yeah all right is that is that scary or is that not as scary like, what as do you, I what wanted. do you think i don't well, know i, wanted, I would love to have I a wanted, good scary story about yeah i wanted people locked up in jail homeless <laughs> no i, I mean, do think just i do think there's going to be some prosecution having to all of a sudden return two million dollars you know yeah in a in cash in an envelope <laughs> In a back alley. <laughs> I will say this. One of the things they mentioned on that webinar was that people are getting – the IRS is auditing before they pay on big ones. Oh, okay. They're saying, listen, we're not paying you until you prove it. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, I wish I had some you know, good, gory accounting stories. Yeah. But I think you just beware, man. Just 
you know, if it's a third party company pitching you in a voicemail that they bought your, you know, bought your contact information, I yeah. just, you know. Yeah. And man, think of the, um, I mean, just think of logistically, like if you've already got somebody that, you know, I'm just thinking practically, if you've got payroll, you've probably, you're probably working with a CPA and, that CPA is going to have all the information that's required for ERC. Right. Like, I don't know what advantage you'd have of using an ERC mill I'll versus... Tell you, I'll tell you the advantage. It's not an advantage. It's oh, pretty, okay. The advantage is they say you qualify and your CPA says you don't. Oh, that's I see. The issue. That's the rub. That's the issue. That's what's happening. And at, on one hand, I get it. People would say, oh, my CPA, maybe he's too conservative. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's not. He, these guys have, you know, you've, have you heard that? Trained attorneys, IRS loophole, mm -hmm. money in your, like all the buzzwords. Sure. You know, they market it to you. So shame on the accountants. Maybe we haven't marketed as good as our, our uh, professional ability to do these things. Um, but that's what's happening. So it's not just, well, he, it's not just either or. Okay. It's, they say I qualify. CPA says I don't. Not in every circumstance, yeah. but in a lot of them. I would also say this. If your CPA doesn't do it, get another CPA to do it. I think I just did a claim for a client. friend of mine's a financial advisor. He said, hey, client of mine, their CPA says they're too busy, can't do this. He said, would you look at it? I said, sure. And we did it. It was good work for the client, good work for us. Yeah. Win-win. Yeah, but it wasn't a it wasn't a dispute over the no nope. the guy just I think maybe yeah. he doesn't have the expertise doesn't yeah know, which I get yeah you know um, didn't have the time and we did it yeah okay well that makes sense so yeah start with your CPA yes and go from there and yes. just you know trust that they'll point you in the right direction yeah and and ask, I mean be prepared like if you're listening to this now you kind of have the the you kind of have the yeah. I don't expect people to. Understand the in is out to the credits, but you kind of get revenue drop twenty versus twenty one, yeah. max credits. Like have kind of that in your arsenal, at least to kind of yeah. know what you're talking about. I think the the headline is it's not all false. Correct. You very well could qualify. Hundred percent. But and and it could all be legit and it could all be done the right way. Yeah. Above board, but. Which is the only way to do it. Yeah. Like, sleep good at night knowing, hey, we follow this right. Right. We got the money. If we got all we can back it up. I'm all good. Yeah. And and we then amended our tax returns, picked it up as income, the whole deal, yeah. followed through, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Good little IRS Boy Scouts. <laughs> no, I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll end it there. Yep. Um, and look, as always, you know where to go when you need help group, and you can find all the other resources there as well. Yeah. And if you're scratching your head, wondering, hoping you get some some ERC uh, credits, then um, yeah, give them a call, reach out, they can help. Yep. See you next time, guys. See you.